Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sigma. With me is Benjamin Solak doing another live episode for you guys here at Brinks HQ, broadcasting on Brinks.tv and everywhere on TD and social channels. Ben, yeah, day two of our draft week coverage. We did a mock draft Monday yesterday. As is tradition. Or as is tradition. That's, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's midweek mock tradition, but, you know, tradition nonetheless. Uh, but we're also now getting into some fun. This is a topic that... I cannot tell you how many times people have sent me messages on Twitter, on Instagram, everything, just being like, when are you going to do a prop bet show? I'm trying to win some money. He's like, I don't care about what you guys say about these prospects anymore. about your opinions. You tell me where they're getting drafted and how much money I could possibly make. So that's what we're doing today. But before we get to that, how are you, my friend? Everything remains delicious here in beautiful Atlanta, (laughs) Georgia. Uh, Tuesday top bet Tuesday top T- top tape, top tape. bets Tuesday there's no word for money or betting yeah come on you're, the you're, the, you're, like, you're the you're the betting guy for oh, me. You, you set up the alliteration too all early just, all I'm getting in my head is Tuesday takes Tuesday takes Tuesday takes because usually that's all you're talking about on a podcast is takes talking yeah, I'm, I'm trying Tuesday talking bets, top takes bets bets that just really emphasizes. All right, you know what? We're winning money. Win money Tuesday. Tuesday. Don't care. No alliteration. Nobody needs it. Okay. Uh, there's there's a lot of different things yes. that we're going to do on the show. We'll mm-hmm. be talking about, I think, a lot of player selection over-unders, but mm-hmm. what, what are some other, like, wide, how many wide receivers going in the first right. round, all that kinds of stuff? So in NFL draft prop betting, usually there's, right, player uh, positions of player ranks, like, oh, will he go before or after pick 20? Right. Uh, and there's also a number of, of guys selected for, per position in the first round. You can bet on a guy to go flat first round, and you can do head-to-heads, where it's like, who's going to get drafted first? Rashad Bateman and Elijah Ooh, Moore. I love right. this. So it's all right, and it's all just about figuring what you like. And so I want to start with the over-under for Caleb Farr. Because I think right now the biggest news on this Tuesday before draft week is Caleb Farley. Tom mm-hmm. Pelissero, P- friendfill.com, comes out with the article, speaking with uh, uh, some of his doctors, some of his agents. Uh, a microdisectomy last month. Farley apparently still does not have feeling in some of his toes mm-hmm. as a result of, of some of his back injuries. Agent Drew Rosenhaus thinks he's going top 20. GM thinks he's falling to round two. As of right now, the over-under for Caleb Farley remains listed at 21.5. So under would be he's picked before 21.5, right? right? So 21 right, or earlier. Right. Over would be picked, picked 22 or later. And there's a ton of juice right now on the over. Right now it's minus 143, so mm-hmm. it's not as profitable as a bet. So when you see 21.5 for Caleb Farley, for me, I think that it's clearly over and it's probably going to keep moving. I don't know about you. As much as I, it pains me to agree with you because right. this is a player that we love on tape. This is a player who, even with the opt-out this past season, I think both of us believed that he could firmly go in the top 10. We thought that the uh, Dallas Cowboys right there at number 10 was a great landing spot for Caleb Farley. I feel like throughout the offseason when we were really locked in the draft order, this was the spot. It, it just felt like this was the logical spot for Caleb Farley to go, and then the back injury happens, and now we don't really know what's happening. I'm with you. I'm unfortunately going with the over here on this one. I think that Caleb Farley, if he's going to be selected, it's going to be more towards 
you know, the Saints maybe taking a chance on a really talented corner right. at 28, the Packers at 29, the same thing with the Buffalo Bills. You've got those three teams there at the back end of the first round. I think it's much more likely they take the bait on him than anybody in front of 21. Now, we forgot to tell the people what we're doing here if we disagree. Yeah, well, we haven't disagreed yet. Okay, so now you're making people tune in and keep listening well, to the podcast. Well, All right, listeners I like of the I like pod it. will know what's going to end up being oh, wagered. Oh, well, dude, what if we did this podcast on a Monday and it could have been money where your mouth is Monday? But then we would have had to do a Tuesday mock. We would have run into the exact same problem. No, because then we could have done a midweek mock draft. Yeah. The alliteration could have stood. Tuesday and Thursday are not midweek. We cannot do this. What do you midweek mean? Wednesday. No, I'm saying that we could have done the mock on Wednesday. Could have done this uh, pot on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we could have... Just done tw- nothing. Twiddle your nothing thumbs Tuesday. I don't know. So. Right. You're right. It is a good point. But... <laughs> Uh, all right, I wanted to ask. I want to ask you this because I also think it's over twenty one point five. Yes, been, yeah. It's been fun to do Caleb Farley to the Cardinals at sixteen. I've seen him as early as twelve to the Eagles, but I think that right with the information that we have relative to his health, which is always difficult to prognosticate, because it just takes one team to mm-hmm. draft him, one team to feel comfortable with his health. With the information we have, I think it's after twenty one point five. Where would you set this line? At what pick? For Farley? For Farley. Uh, so, obviously, you mentioned the Saints. They're there at 28. The Packers need a corner, too. They're there at 29. Uh, this We're looking at end of round one. Like I said, Drew Rosner says he's going top 20. That's his agent. GM says he's going round two. Where would you think would be an appropriate line where you would say Farley is as likely to go before this pick as he is to go after this pick? I would say... I would say 29 and a half. So, I feel I feel like twenty nine and a half would be a really good number because you've got the Packers at twenty nine, mm-hmm. and I just got off doing a mock draft with Kyle, and we got to twenty nine. Mock draft today? That's, oh man, that's crazy. I thought you were going to be more offended that I did it with somebody else. No, that's not just, you. It's just so funny saying like I just got off of a mock draft. At any time, one of us has done a mock draft in the last <laughs> two hours. It's true. Yeah. You're doing you're doing like a simulation piece, right? So you yeah. probably ran technically through. the simulator did the mock drafts, and I was just recording what the simulator was well, doing. Kind yep. of, yeah, 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 kind of the exercise. We're not Kevin Colbert out here. We're not doing it by hand. Um, <laughs> so. I think the 29 is actually the mm-hmm. spot where you look at, all right, the Packers are in win-now mode. They've got to take the chance. And it's the same thing with, I think, the Buffalo Bills are the Packers in win-now mode? They drafted a quarterback and a running back round one, one or two last year. I'd love for them to be in win-now mode. I okay, think hate him now, please. Packers fans have, have hated me for every single mock draft pick I've ever given them. It just interior defensive line, linebacker, I, corner. It doesn't. It does not matter. This, but this happens like with like a team every single year. I know Packers fans. Talk, listen, your GM. He's not your friend. Your GM did something dumb. Don't, do not listen. Last year, no. Listen, your GM did made a bad mistake last year. Did something stupid. We are trying to figure out what that means for this year. It's not our fault that we don't know. It's his fault for doing a dumb thing. It's his fault for being crazy. So every year I feel like there's a team who last year their draft was totally wild. And then the next year they hate every draft analyst. It's like, sorry, we didn't anticipate Jordan Love at 26. Right. And we don't know what it means for this year. (laughs) There's no schema for this. Yeah. So it is tough. But I, I, I like it in terms of you get the Saints and the Packers both before that pick. Which I think, right, teams that could take a gamble on corner two because the rest of their roster is strong, right? Mm -hmm. If Caleb is hurt, God forbid, for his rookie season, you have Kevin King. He's your veteran. For the the Saints, if he's hurt, God forbid, you have Patrick Robinson, right? He's your veteran. Right, Uh, right, right. I, I do think that the Jets remain an interesting team because while you say they're in a position to take a big swing at, at a corner two and get a high-impact player because they're competing. Yes. The other side of that coin is true. 
Jets aren't going to compete this year. Jets probably aren't going to compete next year. And that's true and as so well. So you can yeah. you can take Farley with one of your extra first round picks you got from the Jamal Adams trade and still have a first round pick next year to make a more risk averse bet when your team's a little bit further along. If you hit on Farley, you've accelerated the the rebuild. If you miss on Farley, so what? You weren't going to be good this year anyway. Right. So I I mean, you know, we listeners know, you know, I know we love Caleb Farley on this show. Yes. These players often get gambled on. It's not like Sidney Jones with an Achilles injury and whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? This is something that he's dealt with, and we've seen him play with it before. We know that he's gotten back on the field successfully once before. First round pick, man. It's just there are so many prospects. It feels like in this class that you go like, oh, the injury. You know, yeah. like Landon Dickerson's the other one. Caleb Farley's the big one that we're talking about now. Terrace Marshall, right? I mean, like that's another mm-hmm. player that you really love that might be a second round guy because of injury. I feel like there's uh, Aziz Ojolari. You know, we, right. we've heard that he's had a knee that's kind of popped up in some medical reach. Checks and so Terrace Marshall as well. I just said that, and I you missed it. Yeah, yeah, I know you were. You yeah. just glossed over. Was, you were just. Like, I was you were, thinking you were in my head of other players instead of listening to the players that you said. Come on, man! I'm the one with the IFB in my ear. Yeah, yeah. I've got the built-in excuse. You, you don't. Do not, absolutely. You don't. Okay, so I think that we're both over mm-hmm. on Caleb Farley. You people out there still don't know what the bet is going to be with Ben and I. All right, well, let's get until let's, we disagree. Let's so. get a tricky one here then. Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. Again, reacting to a little bit of news today. Washington and Miami strike a deal. Yes. Late round pick exchange. Eric Flowers now back with the football team as he was previously. Indeed. All right. This apparently has opened the door mm-hmm. for Penny Sewell for the Miami Dolphins. They mm. pick six, right? You, you draft Penny Sewell. You stick him at right tackle. Robert Hunt, who was viewed as a tackle guard prospect, played tackle for the Dolphins last year. We move him into guard. We've got a really strong mauling offensive line. So... The Penny Sewell over-under is sitting at 6.5, and it's even on both sides. 6.5. And so, Penny Sewell, will he be picked at 6 or earlier, or is he going to make it all the way to 7 in the Detroit Lions? Trevor, the board is yours. I'm going to go with over, Bob. (laughs) Okay. I (laughs) do not know how to react to this in context. It's been a long time since I watched Price is Right. But... You, I don't even think you ever say that in Price is Right. I'm going to go over. Is that a thing? Uh, I mean, maybe in like one of the mini games <laughs> yeah, they right, have where you talk about guessing the price. Definitely not when yeah. you're betting at the podiums. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 901, Bob. Yeah, I'm gonna... And then you just stare at the person yeah, who just yeah. bet 900. One dollar. <laughs> no, 899 would screw it. Okay, 901. Yeah, yeah, all right, one dollar. So, Penny Sewell 6.5, you're saying he's not going to go top six. You're saying seven is as early as he goes. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm doing what every great professional... Uh, draft analyst does and I'm absolutely hedging here because yeah. I'm going to say over here in this show and then I'll probably write Penny Sewell at number six in the mock draft so either way I so can you tell you that I was give right. Sewell to the Dolphins you're really buying this so here. I think that there is a good chance that the Miami Dolphins would pick Penny Sewell at number six if he was on the board now that all depends who else is still on the board I believe and I've said this for a little while now the Dolphins moved back from 3 to 12, and then immediately from 12 to 6, I, I truly believe with three players in mind, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell. That's it's, what I think. This is So you're so we've got the Niners saying we traded up from 12 to 3 because we loved all the quarterbacks. Yes. And we've got the Dolphins trading up from 12 to 6 with three people in mind. I feel like this, like, this has been the year of trade-ups for a general group of people. Well, it, it has to be for Miami. Now, for, for the 49ers, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense because we know exactly who's going to be one and two, and the right. 49ers are another QB-needy team. So for them, 
them moving up and not knowing who they want to take makes well, Shanahan, less yeah, sense. Shanahan said when they made the move, they had a guy in mind. We believe that guy in mind to be right, back. Right. And then he said, and since then, you know, everybody's risen in our eyes, which is kind of like a dumb way of saying, you know, we've done more work and maybe we've changed our opinion. Right. Who knows what happens? The Niners has been, been beat to death. But I think that we all were really, really comfortable, at least I was, saying the Dolphins traded up for Pitts or for Waddle, right? There was Chase there for a while. I never really liked the fit with Chase, so it's for Pitts or for Waddle. Is the move of Eric Flowers really enough to be like, and Sewell? I think it is only because of, of how you laid it out. When I've looked at Miami's roster, I've been one to give them an offensive tackle at 18. And Dolphins fans repeatedly told me they're not taking an offensive tackle at 18. It's not happening. Stop mocking this. And I'm like, yeah, but I look at the flexibility of the offensive line, especially with what you just said. Hunt's ability to kick inside and you get a really nice guard out of it. And I feel like the roadblock was always Eric Flowers. And it was the contract that he had. It was that if you were paying him this much money, you're going to play him and you're not going to, you're not going to move him, right? right? And so with them now moving him, with him now off the roster, this totally frees it up. And I, I do really think that if Penny Sewell is there, it gives them the flexibility to do this. Now, the way that this happens, or the way, and the reason why I'm saying over, all of that to argue for them picking Penny Sewell, right. the reason why I say over is because I still think that if I'm putting money on the line, I don't know if Atlanta's going to stay at four. I feel like Atlanta is going to so, draft night. Some dude from some team gets crazy ideas and just throws a bunch of draft picks at him, and they say yes. Okay. So if they trade out, then all of a sudden Kyle Pitts is available, and I do not think they pick Penny Sewell over Kyle Pitts. So you're okay. So you're saying four quarterbacks, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, and Sewell gets knocked out at this moment in time, which is completely subject to change. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, right. I I struggle with this one a lot because now, in my opinion, there are three spots in the top six where Sewell could go. Six to the Dolphins, now a a possibility. Mm -hmm. Five to the Bengals has always been a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I've been on this train for ages. I think that the Falcons' offensive line is a bigger potential picket for than we are realizing. I think the pick is Kyle Pitts. I think that, that makes the most sense. I think it's the favorite. But you look at the way that the New Orleans Saints invested in the offensive line when Terry Fontenot was there. And no doubt. On, he nope. was on the pro side, but that front office took Ryan Ramchick in round one, took Cesar Ruiz in round one, yeah. traded up in round two for Eric McCoy in a draft in which they had no good picks. They had a very They very went up to go get an offensive lineman, and yeah. all of these picks could have been viewed at the time as luxury picks, right? Ryan Ramchick, they trade up in the first round to go get the fifth-year option, a guy who many people didn't really think they needed a tackle to make that selection. Mm-hmm. So... I would not be surprised if you put that in with Arthur Smith and, and, and an offense that needs to be successful running the football. He wants to be a run-heavy team. Sure. That that Caleb McGarry pick was was last year. That Jake Matthews contract is really fast. Totally different, re- re- different regime. Exactly. Right. And so you've got room for offensive line. I would not be surprised if Sewell and Slater are more so in this conversation than people realize. Listen, if they are considering at all trading Julio Jones, you better believe the whole roster's open. You better believe like that right. they absolutely will look and at this. When you, I still think trade down and Kyle Pitts are above the option of Sewell. Me too. But I hear you. Right. And, and that's the thing is when you look at their fat contracts, it's like, all right, Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Julio Jones. Oh, yeah, Julio Jones. Grady Jarrett. Grady, yeah. Jake Matthews. When, why are we paying Jake Matthews $17.5 million? Well, I mean, if you had the right offensive line around him, then it would make sense. Right, but I think but Matthews is still good. Yeah, but I think that like on those list of guys, you're like, all right, who would you want to move on from if you had to move on from somebody? 
Jake Matthews is that player. So I, I think offensive line is more in the conversation, but I also I lean over. I you do. think it's over? I do. And, and it's not because of the of the teams that need. It's because the league since November, since October, has said Slater and Sewell are a mix for offensive tackle one. Right. There's a chance that we see an offensive tackle go, and it's Slater, not Sewell. That's true. It's six. very so, true. I don't think we know enough about Miami's offensive line preferences because we haven't really been interested in it or been, been banging this drum at six to know for sure that they like Sewell more than they like Slater. I mm-hmm. think that if you view Slater as a better guard kick-in player, then he makes more sense for Atlanta than, he does, than Sewell does. And so I also am still over, but I'm very tempted to take the under just to go against you. Just <laughs> uh, I want to move on to linebacker. Okay, okay. linebacker right. is, a, is a is a confusing position. We've got four potential players. I think in the first round, Michael yes. Parsons out of Penn State, Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, yep. Jeremiah Wusukoromo out of Notre Dame, yep. and then Jamin Davis out of Kentucky, who's the one that I want to start with. Bob McGinn's article of the Athletic today has a, a a personnel executive giving the quote: "He is by far and away." my linebacker one he is the top linebacker in this class said he's a late riser just like josh allen was out of kentucky he's a great athlete he's like okay. Isaiah Sim- yep. all of this so right now jamin davis has the lowest over on the, the latest over under of all the linebackers jeremiah wusukoromo is at 19.5 mm-hmm. uh zaven collins is at 25.5 mike parsons at 13.5 jamin davis at 26.5 even money so yes Jamin Davis, does he go pick 26 or earlier? Yes or no, Trevor? 26 is Cleveland. I don't yep. think they're taking a linebacker. Cleveland and you don't think so? I, 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 it's, it's not like you could, again, you could look at their roster and certainly say they need a linebacker. Yep. Is this regime in Cleveland going to take a linebacker in the first round? Maybe. I don't know. Right. It's, Andrew Barry, Athletics. But they're in a different situation, right? The, Cleveland has a better roster right now than they've ever had. It's mm-hmm. very top to bottom, strong. So maybe they are, they are in a situation for the first time in a long time where they go, hey, we need a linebacker. Right. Well, we don't really need a lot else. Man. Like, we've got to figure it out. So maybe this is one of those instances where – these GMs, they might be smiling and laughing to themselves, thinking, "Everybody tells me I'm not going to take a linebacker, but we've never been in this spot. Like this, right. is, like no situation in the draft is the same, and we keep trying to come up with, oh, well, the, what was the history? What was the history? And just every mm-hmm. draft is so different. So I think that they could. I don't think Jacksonville's going to do it. I don't think Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do it. Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to do it. I'm just going backwards now. The Tennessee, team, no. The team to circle for me is the Washington football team. All right? Yeah, Let's right. Say, I mean, right. We're, that's where Micah we're going. Parsons, we got 11 at the Giants. We got 17 to the Raiders, 18 to the Dolphins. I think he's definitely going before 19. Mm-hmm. Once we get to 19, this Washington football team, especially now they're the team that's added Eric Flowers. We've talked about the left side of their line a lot. Cornelius Lucas, Sadiq Charles, Wes Schweitzer. Is that enough for you? Well, they just added Eric Flowers. So you've got another body on the left side of the line. I don't see them going offensive line in round one unless there's a really shocking fall against their board. The only other big spot of need, putting quarterback off to the side, is linebacker, right? They lose Kevin Pierre-Lewis in free agency. John mm-hmm. Bostick's on a contract here. Mm-hmm. They are well-suited to be linebacker too. And you've got a Wusukoromo at 19.5. Jamin Davis at 26.5. Zayvon Collins at 25.5. They're all past Washington. And I think Washington's taken one of them. The question is, it's which not, one? It's, I just I don't think it's Jamin Davis. You don't think it's Jamin Davis. So I'm, I'm going to say over to this one because oh. I think the only spot that we're realistically getting him in is 26 to the Browns. I could be... Look, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. it's the draft. Anything can happen. I might be floored on draft day with Jamin Davis going top 20, but I also feel like... 
I feel like Zayvon Collins is going to be there at 19. And I just, right. from as highly as people talk about Zayvon Collins, why would you pick Jamin Davis over Zayvon Collins? I had, so I had Zayvon Collins in my most recent mock going at 19 to the Washington football team. And I wrote, I love the fit. And then a Washington football team fan asked me why I gave them an edge. And I said, it's a real linebacker. No, 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 He's no, just no, no, 260 no. pounds. Right, right. Uh, 270 now, apparently. Right, yeah. I may change that. I've got a day left on the clock to make that switch, but I'm taking the under on Jamin Davis. Oh, I think there's, okay. I think there's enough steam on All right. how excited the league is for this player. Everybody in the world references the Florida film, and you know as well as I do. We've been doing this for a while. When there's a top-flight prospect like Kyle Pitts... The one guy who played in better than everybody else ends up getting all this hype because there's so much sure? cross-watching on film, right? right? So many guys are watching Pitts and said, who is that, that 44? Who is that linebacker for Kentucky? Right, And it right. was a 6'4", 230-pound, 4'4", dash, Jamin Davis. Because people just don't, you know, they, they right. don't keep up with Kyle Pitts. Nobody else kept up with Kyle Pitts. You look at the right. other tight matchup that he had, it was J.C. Horn, and J.C. Horn is a corner, yeah, right? And, and so, I mean, this he is... he got his on J.C. Horn. Yeah, 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 I think that that's... Yeah, okay, that could definitely be a big selling point. So, we disagree here. I'm going over, you're going under. Right, and what does that mean? That means that a Publix chicken tender sub is on the line. The unofficial sandwich sponsor of the podcast. You still owe me, don't you? you yeah, still I still me. do. And are the Publixes in Georgia? Is this the thing? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'll get you one. I'll yeah. get you one. Yeah, no. We'll, it's... Have to, we'll have a couple first night of the draft as well, so we'll see. We'll have to, it's like an exchange. I'm going to, yeah, yeah, like, like Saturday or something. We got yeah, yeah. to do like a little like live something yeah, and just me eating a Publix chicken uh, tender sub. There's plenty of, of references and surprises for the Locked On NFL Draft fans, some of which you don't even know about yet, but we'll get there. In All this right. episode or what? what I'm you... coming this week. Coming this week. Oh, okay. no, no, no. I do want to ask. Do I know? Hold on. You're looking at me like, I don't know. No, there's one that you don't know about don't worry you'll find it later okay, all no, right no, actually, michael parsons at 13.5 awusu koromoa at 19.5 and zayvon collins at 25.5 do any of those stand out to you as interesting parsons top 13 pick was koromoa before yeah 20s. um the interesting the interesting two mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't really know where awusu koromoa is gonna go yeah, so he's that the one, tricky one that me. one's that one's a complete wild card to me. You could yeah. you could throw yourself in the over, you could throw yourself in the under, and I'd be like, all right, cool. Right. You, you could convince yourself either way. Parsons doesn't give a lot of margin for error because it's either he's going nine to Denver, he's going eleven to the Giants, mm-hmm. or obviously he's hitting the over. So I think that you've got a pretty slim margin for error right. with with Parsons if you're betting the over on mm-hmm. him, especially given you know him opting out last year. Right. There's the character things that, that people have been talking about that you got to dig into with his background. And then the other one is David Collins. The most tempting one for me is David Collins going above, what is it, 25? 25.5. Taking uh, the over there? I would take the under. Oh, the under, right. On, That's on also Collins. what I would take. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. I think I 100% agree. So all three of them are tricky. Awusu Koromoa and Zavin, because they're not fits for every team. There's going to be some teams who see a 215-pound Will linebacker safety hybrid and say, we don't have a spot for him on our defense. Mm-hmm. And there's also going to be teams who see a 265-pound Mike who played behind a three-man front in Tulsa and say, we don't have room for the, We don't have a spot for this guy on our defense. Right. Parsons, everybody's got a spot for it. 6'3", 245. Of course, sure. But then there's the maturity concerns. Yeah. So each player will have a few teams in their range on whom they're not even listed on the board, right? For whom they're not even listed on the board. And so that makes betting these spots mighty, mighty tough. So I like the Jamin Davis under the most. And other than that linebacker, I think I would largely stay away. I would too. The Parsons, so I I would rank them certainly ones that I'm the most confident and the least confident. Mm -hmm. Of of those three, not uh, Jamin Davis not included, I would say Collins going under, I would be confident in. (sighs) 
I would probably say I would probably say Parsons under. Oh actually. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I would actually say Parsons under, and then Owusu-Koromoa. You're flipping the coin. I, I have no idea. But we, right. we talk about this all the time. The league loves him. I mean, like, go read all of the anonymous quotes you want about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Absolutely, can't find a bad word about him. I mean, like, yeah. people just clearly love this dude. And you got a real a lot of really versatile and flexible defensive coordinators in this league. Todd Bowles, Brian Flores. Uh, I know he's a head coach, but Brian Flores as well. Um, Brandon Staley. I mean, like, yeah. you've got plenty of different – Vic Fangio. You've got all kinds of different defensive coordinators who are clearly wanting to get more versatile at a lot of different spots, and they're just going to love Usukormo. But yeah. where do they pick him? How do they value him? Yeah. I, I just have no idea. So it's funny because you're under on Zabin, you're under on Micah, and then it's like, where do we go with Usukormo? I lean over on Usukormo in part because if we're going to go under on Parsons, we're going to go under on Zabin, mm-hmm. those are filling linebacker needs. And so accordingly, you would expect that Usukormo – maybe go a little bit later than expected. Uh, I want to switch us to Edge. A player that we brought up previously is Aziz Ojolari, the Edge out of Georgia. What's it at now? I had him. What's it at now? So I had him at 11 in a mock draft on Monday. That's okay. where we were. That is the past. The past is the past. Aziz Ojolari. Uh, you had it. Wait. 11? To the Giants. On Monday? Yeah. This past Monday. That was the thing that was yesterday. April 20-something. The 20-something. Exactly. All right. <laughs> I have no idea what date it in is. In 2021. Either. Yes. Okay, Dave Gettleman is selected in the last three drafts. Andrew Thomas, first-round pick. Georgia. Georgia. Tackle. 2019, traded up, first round, number 30. DeAndre Baker, corner. Georgia. And third round, 2018, edge, Lorenzo Carter. Georgia. And so I thought maybe he might take a Georgia player. The problem is, if you think about what Lorenzo Carter, DeAndre Baker, and Andrew Thomas have done for the Giants. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> what I, I'd be, I'd be doing the... Right. Dave Gettleman absolutely <laughs> trusts somebody at Georgia, but I wonder if that trust is expiring a little bit yeah. because they have not yeah. gotten a good yeah. bulldog in a second. Yeah, he's got the number blocked at right. this point. Stop so calling me. It's Aziz, spam at right. this point. I think we agree. We expect the Giants to be edge or linebacker. And so I had Aziz as the guy, but Peter King uh, says in his column that Aziz Ojolari's knee is a little bit of a medical concern for teams. Uh, uh, an already slightly undersized player, edge under 250, mm-hmm. not elite testing, which is what you want from your undersized players. So a tricky guy. He now sits at 25.5 for the over-under, even oh, wow. money on both sides. Yeah. I think you've heard rumors that Ojolari may fall all the way out of the first round. I was asked last night during an AMA who's going to be the most surprising fall out of the first round, and I said Aziz. I think that it is reasonable. So for I, me, this is a clear over spot, but it's a crazy edge class. And so I do want to know, Ojolari before after 25.5. Yeah, I think it's over. I, I think I'm yeah. I, I think I'm easily going over here, and there's a handful of teams that could certainly use edge. You look at the Minnesota Vikings, I think that if they're going to take one, it would come down to Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips anyways. Um, going further down, same thing with the Colts. I think that the Colts would rather take more of a heavy-handed edge player, one of those two guys, whoever mm-hmm. is still there. Um, I don't think the Raiders are going to take an edge rusher. They brought in Yannick Ngakwe, and I think that they believe that they're all right with him and Crosby and Farrell and, and Carl, Carl Nassib. Like, I think that they're okay there. I don't think that they're going to pick edge in the first round. Jets is kind of the wild card one, depending right. on if Quiddy and Jalen are off the Which board. was the conversation we had on the mock draft show yesterday during Lockdown NFL Draft, yeah. which was they have Carl Lawson in hand. Do they want another stand-up outside rusher, or do they want a larger hand-in-the-dirt player? Yeah. That prototype changes who you're targeting. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say over. I, also I, I think I got. I think I gotta say over here. Over, especially with some of the gas that you're getting from Joe Tryon's camp. Gregory Rousseau is gonna be at the first round of the draft. I think there's other dudes the league would be comfortable drafting. Yep. 
in the 30s if yep. they're, if they're worried about that. So yep. you mentioned Phillips and Pay. We had massive movement over the course of the last 48 hours. Jalen Phillips was uh, on Sunday night over under 22.5. Quiddy Pay was at like 17.5, 16.5. Oh, Since then, I hope you people out there got Phillips at the under of 22. Well, as of, as of right now, it's at 18.5. Did you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <I think. laughs> he's he's got. He's got to he's got to he's got to make up for his bets at three, folks. No, my bets at three are going to be just fine. <laughs> okay. Jalen Phillips has moved from manifesting. 20, I like 20, it. Yeah, I respect believe, it. I got to respect believe. it. Twenty-two point five to eighteteen point five. Yes. Currently the over under for Jalen Phillips. So right after that, Miami Dolphins pick. Could he pay now at nineteen point five? So they have switched. And if you look at first defensive line odds to be selected, Jalen Phillips is now plus one hundred. Quiddy Pay now plus 130. This was Quiddy Pay minus 150, minus 170 previously. So we have had a big swing towards Jalen Phillips. I right. want to ask you two questions. Number one, why? Who do you think it is that's, that, that, that is the team that's going to go Phillips early? Do you think it's pay falling? Do you think it's medical checks? What do you think has led to this swing? And number two, if I made you choose first defensive line off the board, Phillips at even money. So you, yeah. you, you bet 100, you get 100. Yeah. Or Quiddy Pay plus 130. You bet 100, you get 130 back. Oh, the extra 30 bucks might come in handy. A couple of public subs. Which pick would you take? Okay, so I think that Phillips is rising as drastically as he has lately mm-hmm. because from the couple of reports that I have read and heard with Phillips, it's that he did interview well. Like he was right. able to be to to really convince teams that he is an all-in football guy because that was a big deal. The concussions are one thing, right? I mean, you look at the concussion history and you say, "All right, he left UCLA. A big reason is because of the injury history. Now he goes back over to Miami. And you, you, did he want to come back to football? Did he just think that? Oh, okay, like I'm good at it, so I might as well like give it another shot. Right. Get to play in the NFL. Let's. I mean, let's be honest with you. You make a lot of money playing in the NFL, right? And especially if you were a consensus number one overall recruit like Jalen Phillips was. So I think NFL teams were trying to figure out, did this dude just come back to play football to cash the first check, to cash the rookie contract and get out of it? Does he really care about football? lifestyle And from what I've heard, he interviewed well. And so if that's the case and you look like, all right, well, he played this full past year at Miami and Mm -hmm. and we're, we're, we're okay with... What we've got with his concussion history and his injury history moving forward, all of that to say, who's got the best edge tape in this class, Ben? Jalen Phillips. It's, it's comfy. It's Jalen Phillips comfy. easily. Yeah. And so I think that all of a sudden, once those things check out, mm-hmm. 11 to the Giants is now in play. 14 to the Minnesota Vikings is in play. Right. Um, 18 to the Miami Dolphins, I feel like, is in play. Uh, maybe the Las Vegas Raiders, but I think they're probably going to go O-line because they're going to have some options that they really mm-hmm. like. I mean, the Chargers need need edge rusher, so like they felt like they really wanted to go with Phillips. You've talked about the Eagles maybe liking Jalen Phillips. So yeah. all of a sudden, when you can check the boxes of what you were worried about for a number one overall recruit in the country, edge rush premium value position— Almost every team becomes available for you. You could go anywhere at that point. So mm-hmm. I really do think that uh, Phillips is still going the under on 18 and a half. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight you here for fun. Physically? Or yes, right now. Should I roll up my sleeves? Throw the microphone off the table. Jalen Phillips. Wow, not using it as a weapon? That's at your first 11. mistake. <laughs> I'm picking up the laptop. Jalen Phillips <laughs> at 11. Uh, that's the first spot that I think you mentioned the potential pick. Yeah. Right? Be the yep. edge. Uh, what does Dave Gettleman value on his defensive line players? Hog mollies. Dexter Lawrence, right? Dalvin Tomlinson, you saw his defensive tackles. He'll be able to defend the run. Who's a better run defender? Jalen Phillips, could he pay? 
I mean, maybe could he pay, but... There's no maybe about it. I mean, I, I don't know about that. Yes, he is. All right, fine. And so, I don't think that Jalen Phillips is like, wow, I hate right. his run defense. He right. can't do it. Minnesota, because this dude's got the size to do it. Minnesota Vikings, Everson Griffin, gone in free agency. They had a big end who played with Daniel Hunter, who was their outside track rusher. Uh-huh. They add now a, an edge. Do they want 255 pounds of Jalen Phillips or 265 pounds of Quiddy Pay? They want the better edge rusher. I also think that one too. But the Giants want to believe. <laughs> like the Giants want, they want the real. better edge rusher. The Giants one, I think, is legitimate. I, I think if, if Phillips and Quiddy Pay are on the board, and if Dave Gettleman has a shadow of a doubt about that Phillips interest in the NFL, like you talked about, mm-hmm. and you have Quiddy Pay, who's as much of a go to football, hard nosed, three down guy. Just feels like a gentleman. <laughs> he just feels like you were like this. The way you were talking, it just like the. Yeah. Well, Harkin, he feels like a gettle. He feels like a gettle. He man. feels like a gettle. Yeah, he does feel like okay. a gettle. All right. And so I worry that while I think Phillips will go before twenty-two, where it was before eighteen, where it's currently listed, because I think Phillips at seventeen to the Raiders, eighteen to the Dolphins, I'd be surprised if they don't make that pick. Man, I uh, I, I I do worry about. Quitty Pay still being the first edge off the board. Can we call them Gettlers? Like Settlers? <laughs> Gettlers. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> we, we, should, we should, we should, with no context, just publish the Gettlers list, right? <laughs> like the Gettle Boys, the Gettle Men, something like that. Uh, because it, it is a type of player that you typically I, oh, expect. Wow, to go okay. After. Like Gettle Men was right there. Yeah, that's what I said at first. But you were just kind of already moving on. I know. Yeah, I think that you were yeah, probably, yeah, you're yeah, probably yeah. talking too fast, like you always do. Oh, okay, yeah, so I think, good, I think it's good. under for Phillips. What do you think? At 18 and a half. At 18 and a half, I think it's under for Phillips, and okay. I think it's okay. under for Pay. If I were making the bet on Pay first, was where? 19.5. So, again, you're getting the Raiders. I you're getting also the think that he is under. Right. Yes. But yeah. I think if I were taking the bet on first defensive lineman off the board, and you had Jalen Phillips at 100 and Quiddy Pay at plus 130, I would want Quiddy Pay. Because I'm not that confident Phillips goes first. Okay. All right. I just think they both go early. All right. Uh, one more big one that I really want to talk to you about is the Travis Etienne one because man, what a full what a full circle we've done on Travis Etienne. True, yeah. He was potential running back one in the 2020 class. He was in conversation with with Jonathan Taylor and with DeAndre Swift, and then we had you know uh, unbelievable season from J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. We had Clyde Edwards Alaire pushed his way into the first round. Right. Etienne was still expected to be in that big group of five running backs. And elects to come back and goes again to school for his senior year. Has just about as good of a season as he had previously had at Clemson. It was another, oh, maybe he'll be running back one. But Najee Harris started playing really well. Right. Javante Williams started doing Javante Williams things. Running people yeah, over. ETN's and yeah, team. wait, wait. And by that, you mean playing Miami. Yeah, just playing Miami, against exactly. Miami. <laughs> Burying that poor Miami safety. Uh, you have gone too I, right, soon. I think you have this arc for for Travis Etienne. I was like, all right, well, he's not going to get better catching the ball, and his contact balance isn't that great, and it, sometimes he's a an indecisive mover, and all of this, right? Like there were the, the criticisms came. So we were, he was in the narrative. He was in the the, the 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 media mill for a year, year and a half, mm-hmm. and here we are, two days from from drafting. We're talking about him as a potential first round pick. You've heard people say the Bills want him at thirty. You've heard people say the Bills want to trade up to go get him. You've heard people say he's actually running back one over Najee Harris. Right, right now. ETN over under 32.5. So that is, is he a first rounder or not? It's minus 150. Yes, under 32.5. Yes, he will be a first rounder. It is plus 110. So it is big money returns if he does not go first round. So Trevor, I'm asking you, if you had to take a bet on Travis ETN being a first rounder, are you going to go with the chalk? Are you going to say, yeah, he's under 32? Or 
Are you taking him on day two? I think a lot of some injuries, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of injuries to some prominent players may open the door for him to go in the first round. But, you know, when I look at this situation, why did ETN go back? after last year and mm-hmm. he went back because I believe he got a second round grade from the NFL draft advisory board now that's not the be all in all right it's not like oh right. you get a second round grade but you're for sure not going to go in the first round so I, I think that there's certainly room for him to still go day one but how much better do you think Travis Etienne's stock is this year than it was last year I would say it's the same correct right and he got a round two grade last year so right. that makes me think that the running back class this year lends itself to him being drafted a little bit higher because I think if ATN went last year, mm-hmm. he got a second round grade, and you're talking about a second round grade in a, in a running right. back class. It's got uh, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Eversley-Lair, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, right? And then all of a sudden, that looks like all right. You're probably going in the second round because basically all of them. Went right. in the second and and round, we got to right? remember so, last year, like this running back class was definitely better last year. Right. We got one in the first round. It was I at 32 think, and then they went for a run early round two. I think he's going round two. Yeah. I think that NFL teams are clearly mm-hmm. comfortable taking running backs to the top of the second round. We've seen that over the last couple of years. And I think that's what we're going to see this year as well. And so I, I, I'm, I'm very confident in thinking that Najee Harris is the number one running back on most teams' boards. Somebody right. may really love Travis Etienne, and as we've often said on the show, it only takes one, right? Yes. But I would be betting on the other side so of it. So I want to talk about that it only takes one, because to me there's two avenues by which Travis Etienne gets picked in the first round. Number one, Najee Harris. Number one overall. The first option. <laughs> cannot stand you. <laughs> Najee Harris goes way earlier than we think. Yep. Right now, it's Najee at 24 to the Steelers. What if, you know, the Jets at 23? The Dolphins yeah, at 18. The Dolphins at 18, exactly. Yeah. How likely is either one of those things? I think it's unlikely. I don't think the Dolphins go early running back, and I, I simply do not think that. I know the Jets running back room is I agree bad. with you. I, don't I agree with you. It. So, we expect Najee at 24. So, the only other way is if the Bills really think Travis Etienne is their guy in the first round. We were talking with Joe Marino, works at TDM, big Bills guy. He told me that on Heard his, of him. his personal board for the Bills, he's got 16 players right above Travis Etienne for that first-round pick. So for Joe, all 16 would have to be gone for them to pick Etienne at 30. Now, obviously, their, Joe's board is not their board, but I think— Does he include like guys who are obviously not going to be there? I don't know. Oh, okay. Probably, but okay. still, right. sixteen players. Like I just wonder, yeah. like, is, is, does the board start with Trevor Lawrence? Because I, I just <laughs> yeah. like I want to know. I want to know. Think Trevor's gonna be there. Right. Regardless, I think that with the 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 short term need that they have a corner, mm-hmm. with the long term need that they have an edge and an interior defensive line, and even arguably a wide receiver, mm-hmm. I don't see why they would make that ETN pick unless they really really believed in him. So maybe they are that it only takes one. But again, it's plus money to be taking. Travis Etienne to go outside of, of, of the first round. Yeah. So to me, right. I think this is over the, 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 good, the good bet here is is with him going over. Absolutely. Okay. Do you want to get into, into some more zany ones? Uh, Yeah. How much time we got left? Let me check the time here. We got, yeah. oh, we got about 11 minutes left. 12, 11 minutes. So yeah, let's get into some crazy ones. Uh, Team draft spot moved back to missing a pick. No minus 25. I'm sorry. Wait, what? The words that you said were what? Team's draft spot. Okay, moved. wait. Oh, 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 we're going to break this one down here. Okay. So a team's, the spot at which they will pick. Okay, thank gets you. Gets moved back. Okay. Because they missed the clock. They let the clock expire. Oh. Yeah, so Vikings Ravens situation. Yes is plus 800. No is minus 2,500. Can you imagine? Yeah. If the Jaguars <laughs> did that. Are they, okay, this is actually an interesting prop bet. There's 10 minutes on the clock. Okay, the yeah, yeah, yeah. How much, I'm going to say over under seven minutes. How much of the clock do they take making the Trevor Lawrence uh, pick? I think 
they will say with two minutes and 30 seconds left, they will hand in the card. Okay, we're making a public bet right now. I think there's going to be more than three. I think there's going to be more than three minutes left on the clock when they make the pick. By the time that the ESPN graphic flashes, pick is in. Yes. On their clock. You think that it'll be higher more than... More than three minutes. Okay, no, no, no. Give me... I want an extra... I want an extra minute. You want... I no. want four. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Give, I'll give you 3.20. 3.30. Deal. Okay, <laughs> all right. There we go. All right, we got it. We got okay, it. Okay. So if it's... If there's three thirty one left, yeah. you owe me the sub. And if there's three twenty nine left or less, I owe you the sub. Deal. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> this is just not how this works. We're going to keep hammering it. Total first round trades within the top ten picks under one point five, heavily favored right now, minus two hundred. Over one point five at plus one fifty. How many trades will include top ten picks? Two. No, I'm taking under. I'm taking one, one max. Okay, all right, I'm taking over. Uh, we don't need to do this every time. Oh, okay. well, I, <laughs> I thought it might be fun, but whatever. It's cool. No, no, no I don't feel bad at all. Um, just left the end. Somebody, please out there. I think if Zach's watching this, please like just get that's all I want is that right there. Just been looking for the handshake. Okay, so uh, on the spirit of first round trades, uh-huh. right? The Lions, will they trade number seven overall? Uh, no is minus 175. Yes is plus 135. You're expecting two first-round trades. Mm-hmm. There's no way you think the Lions aren't trading this, right? The two that I pointed that, that came to my mind immediately were Atlanta trading out of four mm-hmm. and Carolina trading out of eight. Okay. Those were the two. So right now, I will tell you, uh, the Lions are the most favored. To trade back. Excuse me. I, I, I misspoke. Yeah, no, no, I, I spoke correctly. The Lions are the most favored to trade. They're okay. plus 135. Okay. Uh, the Panthers are plus 150. The Falcons are plus 160. So right now, the book would have the Falcons as the least likely to trade out of round one. Well, because, yeah, I mean, they, they, they have Kyle Pitts on the board. But I think, mm-hmm. like you said, if we're looking at a situation where they're looking at their whole roster and they're even considering trading Julio Jones, I feel like they're right. not 100% married to Kyle Pitts. I, I don't know if that's the case. They could convince themselves on many other things. I think a lot of teams are going to be calling up for number four, it, it, especially if, if Trey Lance is still there, if Justin Fields is still there. I think they're going to move a little bit and yeah. hold up here. If the Falcons trade from four to nine, one, it's one trade. Come on! One trade. What do you that's, mean? That's the rule. That's two top ten yeah. picks. How many trades will occur within the top ten picks? That's one trade that occurred within the top ten picks. Yeah, but it's two teams within yeah, the top ten. One trade that occurred within the top ten. Technically, it's two trades. No, two teams trading spots counts as one. Technically, trade. both <laughs> the Falcons move and the Denver Broncos move. Will Jimmy Garoppolo be traded during round one? Yes. No. no. Yes. Plus two hundred. No. no. Minus three hundred. Friday is Friday is. Newly, newly crowned backup veteran backup QB trade day. Did That's you hear is. Kyle Shanahan talking about Jimmy Garoppolo in his presser? Yeah, I mean, we're all going to die. <laughs> he, that was the big takeaway. When they made the trade, Shanahan said, we're with Jimmy's our guy. We love Jimmy. He's starting caliber quarterback. He's the best. And then a month later, he said, we really felt like we needed to move up to get a starting, a starting quarterback. quarterback. Right. They, they, yeah. they, if you, now, teams and head coaches, okay, they got a lot. Right, I mean, like for different reasons, they they have to lie. The more you are under the spotlight, the better chance for you to get caught in that lie. And I think that that's just what happened with the 49ers. I think they traded up and they gave the typical team answer. We love Jimmy. 
He's our Jim guy. Jim was great. Two, we were, year, two years ago, he took us to a Super Bowl. Three quarters in, we were almost about to win the Super Bowl. Jimmy's he's great. Our, he's very he's nice. Guy. The players love him. And a month later, they went, yep, we're going up to get a starting quarterback. And I think Jimmy is traded on Friday. Okay. I, so, what if I gave you this? What if I gave you odds Jimmy is traded at some point in draft week? Yeah, I mean, 100%. So, like, if I were, like, minus 300, you're still taking it. I'm not that sold. If it's Lance, you do want no, that. No, you're right. You I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself that it's Lance, but I don't think it's Lance. So, Jimmy has more value now than I think he, he, he will have at any point. I think the only times that you trade a quarterback, if mm-hmm. you draft one in the first round and you've got a veteran then on your team, it is expendable. Friday, right. before teams either make moves to draft quarterbacks early mm-hmm. or make contingency plans or whatever. So, Friday of the draft or you hold on to him and you trade him during training camp. And it's Those a, are the right. two options. And you got to remember, the Niners don't have a first-round pick next year and don't have a first-round pick the year after that. I'm not saying they're going to get a first for Jimmy. No, they're not. But I'm saying they, they don't need as desperately picks this year as they need in future years. And so you, right. you'd rather wait on that, see if there's, you know, God forbid, a training camp injury or mm-hmm. some opportunity to trade Garoppolo and then get a future pick. And that gives you protection in the next upcoming drafts where you're currently lacking for selections. So I think they try to wait on him. Okay. I think that you, you keep him, you help him develop good habits for the rookie, even if it's not Trey Lance. The, the rookie has a guy to point to to say, this is how I handle myself at the NFL level. Yeah, I can and see that. In the All right. So I'm not, as, I'm not as 100% convinced, but I do think that I think it's more likely than not that they move him on Friday. All right, I wouldn't. I would say. Do we have another one? I, uh, do, we, do we have another one? Yeah, there it is. Okay, so I'm betting uh, by the end of the day on Friday, yes. 12 p.m. midnight. Jimmy's still on the Niners roster. No, the draft could go longer than midnight. By the end of the draft on Friday or midnight, whatever comes first. It might be Saturday at that point. You know what I mean. Stop <laughs> being difficult. I've got money on the line, Ben. We got to be airtight here. You got a sandwich. This is <laughs> so I'm saying. Okay, by the time round three is over, yeah, no matter when that is, Jimmy's still on the roster for the Niners. Oh yeah. man, they made a day two trade last year yeah. with Trent Williams. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. No, we shook on it. Okay, we shook yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, All right, right, we got what like time for? I think two more, maybe. Okay, I wanted to ask you this one. Okay. Kyle Trask over under 72.5. Quarterback, Florida Gators. Go Gators, go Gators. 72.5 is early third round, right? Early third round. Right now, he's plus 125 to go round three. Uh, So slight dog there, but it's the leading. And then four, uh, round two. Round four and round two, excuse me, are both like plus 225, 250. So expected to go round three. Slightly underdog for uh, uh, round four and round two. Over under 72.5. I would say over. Think so? Yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll be a third or fourth round pick. So do you? Do you think right now, once we get through the big five, uh-huh. the next tier is Davis Mills out of Stanford, Kellamond out of Texas A and M, Kyle Trask out of Florida? You think he's third out of that group? Uh, I don't even know if Kyle Trask is in the that tier after the five. The way he's been talking, next Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, you AFC do, exec. I I don't I no I don't I don't know about all that man. I mean we're we're looking at. We're, we're grasping at straws for quarterbacks, and I just have not heard a lot of convincing buzz for Kyle Trask. Like, when right. you draft a quarterback, what are you drafting them to be? Because if you want them to be a potential starter franchise quarterback for you, I just don't know if, like, Kyle Trask is that kind of alpha personality that it feels like NFL teams are going to gravitate towards. Because, right. you know, we, we talk about drafting guys for ceiling, and when— you know, even looking at the 49ers now, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's fine quarterback. He's good. 
But it's it's the same situation right. that you see with Carolina when they wanted to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. It's not that these guys are necessarily bad. It's not like they're just terrible and you can't play mm-hmm. them. It's that you can see the ceiling. And no GM or head coach likes seeing the ceiling, especially when it's lower than what you would think is is like championship caliber. Right. So that's what I look at with Kyle Trask. I'm like, who looks at Kyle Trask and thinks the ceiling is so much higher for him? I feel like it's the other way around. I think that people look at Kyle Trask and they go, okay, what you see is what you get. How early are you drafting? What you see is what you get. I don't think a lot of coaches and, 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 and GMs are having on a conviction to go draft that guy in the top 100. That's why. I think that it's I think it's going to be after 17. I'm taking under on that. Okay. Comfy. Right. I think, yeah. I okay. think even if he makes it to round three. It'll make me happy because I, I love Kyle. I really right. do. I was watching his you know, tape as, as a recruit, and I was like, dude, this guy could be something nice at, at, at quarterback for Florida. And, and he ended up having a really great final year for him. So, I, I mean, you know what? I hope I'm wrong. All right, let's – one more. Pick your best one. Pick the one you want to you make sure we get to. Mister, all right, so firstly, we're on Kyle Trask. We have another sandwich. So, shake. Yeah, yes, very nice. Correct. Yeah. correct. Position of Mr. Irrelevant. Offense, defense, kicker, punter, long <laughs> <laughs> This is for all the marbles. Whatever you take, I will not take. Um, defense. Offense. Yeah, it's got to be defense. I can't be. wait. You know, you want to know why? You want to know why? Why? Linebacker. Defense wins championships. Linebacker, corner, safety. Okay. That's what it's all about. Those are defensive special, positions. <laughs> special teams players. Right, because wide receivers and tight ends have never played on No, they do. Before. They do. But there's more defense players to choose from. I can't wait until all I'm of these. The I can't wait till all of these sandwiches even out, and we're at full zeros. <laughs> and I'm just watching pick two fifty five, <laughs> two fifty six. Who's it gonna be? No, I'm praying for offense. But either way, uh, those are our prop bets for the 2021 NFL Draft. I go. wish you good luck. Uh, I hope you lose all of them, and then I have seven sandwiches, and I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> That's I will. I will like it. You will if if you overwhelmingly win, we just have to get a full spread some of just, just different sandwiches. Twenty year old public self employees, these two guys walking in <laughs> on a mission. Absolutely no one. One of us is happy, one of us is pissed. He's like, All right, what sandwiches would you like? And you're like, sandwiches is actually a good question. We would like seven. <laughs> Why? It's Saturday <laughs> evening. Just go make your own food at home. <laughs> you can't eat all of these, you're small. Uh, we're gonna make his day well there's the prop episode hope the, hopefully that was entertaining hopefully that was insightful they you guys can uh, yeah you guys can can win some money at our expertise and of course if it didn't go right it's never our fault and you can't prove anything so if you have any other prop bets for the NFL draft that you would love to have Ben and I answer tweet at us at Tampa Bay Trey at Benjamin Solak you can also hit me up on Instagram at Tampa Bay Trey as well Jamie's doing a dance behind us and Jamie's also kind of betting guy so if you want to ask Jamie prop bet questions I guess you can as well on Twitter uh, but yeah I, I know that a lot of people were reaching out about that and we didn't get to as many as probably we wanted to so if there's a That's specific player that you really want to know or an over under or something like that just hit us up we'll be able to answer it for you thanks for tuning in to Locked on NFL Draft we're going to have a lot more live show programming here on the draft networks draft week coverage on brinks.tv at brinks hq we got more for you coming up next